0: Time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Reengineering your finances. Walter Storholt here with Charles Weldy, certified financial planner and the founder of CP Weldy Group, serving you in the Delaware and Chester County areas. Find us online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, great to be with you once again this week. How you been, my friend?
1: I'm doing good, Walter. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, doing well. Just in enjoying summer at this point. Have you uh, enjoyed the hotter months now?
1: Yeah, I mean, here, we're here in the Philadelphia area. I think it's going to be 92 today, but thank God we're not out on the West Coast. It's going to be a lot hotter. Yeah, setting some
0: records out there at the uh, time we're recording today's show and it's uh, impressive the heat that they've had. Hopefully it doesn't shift this way, Charles. Fingers crossed. <laughs> let, them, oh, let them keep it out there, right? Nin- 90s are just fine for our purposes. <laughs> uh, we've got a great show on the way today. We're talking about how retirement these days, well, it's not your father's retirement. If you're at the age that your mom and dad retired 20 or 30 years ago, well, the world's a much different place and it's the same thing in the financial realm since maybe your parents walked away from their paychecks. We're going to find out how things are different now and maybe how that affects the planning process a little bit. Charles will clue us in on all those things. First thing of note, Charles, is that it's no longer taboo to work beyond the age of 65. In fact, sometimes it's now even uh, encouraged, depending on the situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it used to be years ago if you retired at 65 and maybe at 73 you were no longer alive. I mean, what's that, an eight-year retirement? That's not extremely challenging. But today, I mean, with life expectancies, you know, uh, in their what, uh, late 80s, early 90s, I mean, people are looking at maybe a 25, 30 year retirement period. So if you had the opportunity to work beyond age 65, you like what you do and uh, you're in good health. I mean, I look at some of these people, uh, you know, in government. I mean, not that I condone it. but you've got 80-year-old senators, you've got a 78-year-old president. I mean, maybe that's a little too old, but by and large, working beyond 65 in my world, you know, I think is uh, appropriate if you're, you know, really like want to continue to, you know, increase your accumulation and your retirement accounts and you like what you're doing. There's no harm in working past that age 65.
0: Yeah, and people have different reasons, right? Sometimes it's because they enjoy the daily work and so want to continue it. Others may not be in the as strong of a financial position as they want to be. So working a few extra years then bolsters that position. So it's just interesting. Lots of reasons could lead somebody to working beyond age 65. But bottom line, it's just easier to accomplish these days and also just less uh, frowned upon, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And the other thing, too, Walter, is like, you know, you don't have to work full time past age 65. There's people working well, three days true. a that's, week. That's and, a big you know, difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a real big difference. It gives them something to do. I mean, one of the things that when I was studying retirement planning years ago was the million dollar question, what are you retiring to? And there's a lot of people that, you know, either they dislike their job or, you know, they just want to get away, you know, from, you know, the nine to five routine that they retire, but they really have no plans on what they really want to do. And to me, you know, that could be something that might not be a good thing.
0: All right. Another example about how retirement today is a lot different than when maybe your parents retired is being retired might be more expensive than in your working years. Now, if that's true, Charles, that's a major change.
1: It is. I mean, uh, I met a guy by the name of Tom Hegna years ago, and he has a saying that, uh, well, let me ask the question first. Walter, like, uh, of all the days of the week, Monday through Sunday, what would you say is the day of the week that you most likely spend the most money? What would you say? De-
0: definitely day? Saturday, or depending on the weekend, Sunday, but definitely Saturday and Sunday, the two most popular. Right.
1: Right. Well, you know, if we asked 100 people, that 98 would say Saturday. And the reason being is when you retire every day saturday right Uh, and then you know obviously when you're working you're not really spending money you're making it so um every day saturday when you retire definitely like retirement's going to be a lot more expensive because you have more time on your hands Uh, one of the things that people don't realize is that the health care most people when they work they have health care paid for from their by their employer but when they retire they've got to go on medicare and generally speaking, in this area, it might be like total of about $500 a month per person. So there's 6000 a year. But treadline inflation is only three. But for medical, it's more like five or six percent. So the point I want to make is that, um, you know, it could be a lot more expensive down the road. Yeah, you got rid of your mortgage on your house, but now you have a mortgage because you have the same amount of money going out per month for, for health care costs. And then the other thing too is like with inflation, right? Every every year, everything you buy is gonna cost more. Well, um, if you had a million dollars today, 25 years from now at 3% inflation, that's only gonna buy $477,000 worth of goods and services. So again, we have this hidden tax called inflation and that's only 3%. And as I mentioned earlier, healthcare inflation is a lot closer to five or six. So people really have to um, be aware that once they retire, you know, every year, everything they're going to buy is probably going to cost more.
0: I think a lot of people just really need to spend some time absorbing that because that's something that could kind of go in one ear and out the other, but that's huge. If you're, oh, yeah. if you're spending more money in your working years than you're retired, well, that changes the math, but if then it ends up being equal or even spending more in retirement, well, now we need to have a little bit different perspective on what we need to be able to retire and to maintain it for a long period of time. So really looking at those spending habits, it just underscores just how important that is. I say Sunday because Sunday nights have become sort of our go out to eat nights, Charles. So oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's why we spend, uh, spend a little bit more, I think, on our Sundays when we, we go out and start getting some food and we may do a little shopping in the afternoons and that kind of thing. So Good for you. yeah, sun- Sundays are yard work days. So actually that's probably the, that's probably the day I spend the least unless I'm making that home Depot run in the morning, then maybe I'm uh. spending quite a bit on Saturdays. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I get the, the theory of the days where I'm most acting like I would be retired. You're spending the money. That's for sure. All right. Another example, how retirement's a little bit different than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And it's not your father's retirement anymore. Retirees today often have a lot more problems to juggle than previous generations of retirees. They may not have to walk 15 miles in the snow both ways to school, but uh, Charles, there's still more problems that today's retirees have to kind of navigate around to have a successful retirement, right?
1: There are. I mean, um, I guess like longevity risk, uh, you know, that's really the risk multiplier, the longer you live, you know, the more that these things that I'm going to mention, you know, come into play. Like, you know, if I'm going to live 25, 30 years in retirement, now I'm really worried about inflation. Right. You know, inflation over 25, 30 years is going to, it's going to diminish my purchasing power. I'm really concerned about market risk. As I get older, I tend to get a little bit more conservative. But you know what? I need some of my money to grow. So market risk could be a big factor. And, you know, we talked earlier in in one of the previous podcasts about tax risk. I mean, taxes today are historically low with the money that they're printing in Washington. Taxes are inevitably going to go up. And what are they going to tax? They're going to tax that low hanging fruit, which are are our retirement plan account balances. So maybe like, you know, we have to like really think about maybe like getting that money moved sooner rather than later. Uh, healthcare. We talked about healthcare, long-term care. I mean, today in the Philadelphia area, ten thousand a month. I mean, how long will a portfolio last if you're spending that kind of money, you know, on a monthly basis? So, um, you know, there's a lot more uh, risk today. There's actually 18 risks. The three biggest risk, in my humble opinion, is longevity risk, living too long, income tax rate risk. And a third risk, which not too many people know about, but, you know, they need to be aware about. It's called sequence of returns risk. And what that means, Walter, is that, hey, if I need $3,000 a month and I take it out of a stock account that just went down 30%, guess what? I'll never get that money back because I just took it out of an asset that went down in value and it'll never be replenished. So to me, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot more problems and opportunities today that retirees had in previous generation of retirees.
0: Problems, more of them, but more solutions out there as well. It just takes a little bit more navigating to get through those things. Charles, one more uh, example here, perhaps retirement portfolios today. Well, you know what a major difference and the one that really is the most, um, you know, earth shattering to the retirement planning world is that (laughs) we've got to have those portfolios now last to fund expenses for 30 or more years. And that yeah. just simply wasn't the case 20 or 30 years ago.
1: No, I mean, my dad retired at 65 and he passed away at 78. I mean, today's retiree at 65, there's a uh, large probability that either a husband or a wife is gonna live to age 92. So basically you're really looking at a 25, 30 year retirement. And you know, the challenge is that you gotta create a rising income to cover your rising expenses throughout that 25, 30 years. Now, uh, I always get back to the formula. It's a simple formula, but it's called the rule 72. And that means that if you take 72 and you divide it by your rate of return, it tells you how long it's going to take for your money to double. So when I look at people's portfolio, I generally like classify them into three separate asset classes. Asset class number one could be cash. And cash today only makes about 1%. So in that example, it's going to take 72 years for money in cash to double in value way too long, all right? Then we look at fixed income. And fixed income could be annuities or, you know, it could be like uh, bond funds or individual bonds. And my proxy for fixed income is 3%, all right? Which means that, hey, it's going to take 24 years, 72 divided by three, 24 years for that money to double in fixed income. And then lastly, we have stock. And stock, my, I guess, rule of thumb would be 6%. All right, So six percent into 72 is 12 years. It's going to take 12 years for your money to double in stock. So when you think about that concept, rule 72, when you look at someone's spending needs, their spending habits, you know, what's coming in. So security wise, if they're fortunate to have a pension, whatever, what you do is you just take those three asset classes, cash, you take fixed income and you take stock and you put the appropriate amount of money in each bucket and, you know, basically based upon making 3 in fixed income making 6 in stock and making 1 in you know reserve account a cash account hopefully that money will last you know 25 30 years if it's done properly so um again you know to design a portfolio to last 25 to 30 years you just can't have one big portfolio and hope you need three separate portfolios one for liquidity one for income and one for growth that's what i believe
0: All great points, Charles, and thanks for giving us the skinny on that today. And these are just scratching the surface, I think, of different examples of how retirement's a lot different over the last 20 or 30 years. Of course, there's been many other things to change in the financial landscape, but hopefully this gives you perspective on a few of those things that have been very different in the last two, three decades. So if you have questions about this, want to set up time to meet with Charles for a review of your financial plan, have that conversation by reaching out at 610 388 Five, You can have a complimentary review of your plan and that initial conversation to go over where some of those deficiencies may be, some of these problems that we've talked about, what are the ones that you're most at risk of suffering from with your retirement plan, and then how do we fix those things. Um, we're always going to end on the positive of solutions. That's important to remember. You can also go to cpweldygroup.com for more information and uh, to get in touch that way as well. If you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Charles, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show today, and we'll look forward to another episode next month.
1: Thank you, Walter.
0: All right, that's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Re-Engineering Your Finances.